0: Welcome to On The Way. This is Tony Crisp and this is podcast number 84. Well, we have been in Ezekiel 37, 38, 39. Now we're going to skip over the details of a future temple that's going to be built and we're going to go past chapters 40 through 46 and look at a phenomena that's going to happen in chapter 47. Ezekiel said, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. Now remember, the directions in the Bible are all from that western ridge. And when a man is standing on the Mount of Olives and he is facing east, then he is facing toward the Dead Sea. And the temple area would be to the west behind him, Mount Moriah to his right would be the south, to the left would be the north. And uh, that is, uh, if you will recall, this is when I talked to you about orientation and the orient and that all directions in the Bible are based off of the sunrise and the sunset, because that was the constant before the poles were discovered. And it was always a way where you could get your true east. And so he was facing forward for the front of the temple faced forward or faced east. And the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar now just south of the altar would be toward what is called david city or mount zion mount zion today zion and underneath that as you know is a huge aquifer from which bubbles up the gihon spring that is my belief this is tony this is not bible but it is my belief that when there is the great earthquake That there is going to be a fissure in the earth that is going to allow the water that is trapped beneath Moriah, a spring, a river, an aquifer, that it is going to burst forth. And the Bible talks about this supernatural amount of water that is going to come forth and he said he brought me out by the way to the, the north gate and led me around to the outside the outer gateway that faces east and there was water running out on the right side which would have been to the south of the temple area Then, when the man went out to the east with a line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. Now, a cubit is 18 inches, and that's a normal cubit. A royal cubit was 21 inches, but this would have been more than likely the common measurement for a cubit, which would have been 18 inches, and that is the length of a man's hand, a normal man's hand, to his elbow. As a matter of fact, my arm is the normal length of a cubit from my elbow to the tip of my longest finger is exactly 18 inches, which was the size of a normal forearm and hand in the days of the Bible. So it gave a common measurement. A man could put his forearm down and stretch his fingers out and he could come almost every time to 18 inches. And it was a became a standard measurement so that if you did not have a rule or something to measure, with, you could always use your arm. Then he said, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000, that is, cubits, and brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through, and the water came up to my waist. And he measured, this is in verse 5, he measured 1,000 cubits again, and it was a river. In other words, as it began the great descent, remember, From the Temple Mount, which is 2300. Feet above the level of the Mediterranean Sea, and the Dead Sea is 1,300 feet below sea level, and together that is a drop of 4,000 feet, and it is such a steep decline that you can see from the Mount of Olives, uh, you can see the Dead Sea shining below. It's almost straight down. It has nowhere to go but down, and so it turned into a mighty rushing river. And if you've ever been over there, you know that when the water from rains in the highlands around Jerusalem. It will not even rain at the Dead Sea and the wadis will wash away with such swift current. It can wash away cars or buildings or anything else that you would have below it. And so as this river ran and gushed from Mount Moriah, from underneath this Temple Mount, it was forming a river running down to the Dead Sea and it even gave its route. He said to me, "'Son of man, have you seen this?' "'Then he brought me out and returned me to the bank of the river.' And when I returned there along the bank of the river, there were many trees on one side and on the other. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. That would be the Dead Sea. Remember, it's called the Dead Sea. The Jews call it uh, Yam HaMelech or the Salt Sea, the Sea of Salt, which it reaches this sea. Its waters are healed. You see, it's dead. It's uh, nothing can live there. It is too... uh, Salty. It has too many minerals and trace elements in it. And it says, the waters are healed. And it shall be that everything that moves, whether this river goes, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because the waters go there, for they will be healed. And everything will live wherever the river goes. And it says, it shall be that the fishermen will stand by it from En-Gedi. Many of you have been there with me, where David hid in the caves from Saul to Enagliam that could have possibly been the area around what we call today Qumran they will be places for spreading their nets their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea exceedingly many but his swamps and marshes will not be healed. There's still going to be a lot of pits and salty swamp areas, but the Dead Sea that is called the Dead Sea now is going to live. It's going to have the same consistency of fresh water in it as the Mediterranean. So the same fish that are in the Mediterranean are going to be in the Dead Sea. You see, there are all kinds of things when you're in Israel that you hear about because the Dead Sea is receding and evaporating at a rapid rate. Why? Because It goes in, water goes in, but it doesn't come out. It is hell there at this lowest point on Earth, and it's very hot, and so there is evaporation. All the minerals are there and the salts, and so it is very thick. As a matter of fact, when you go into the Dead Sea, it almost has an oily feel to it. It is so concentrated, and you can float in the Dead Sea, but you cannot sink. It's one of the strangest feelings in all the Earth to be on water that is so thick that that you're buoyant on that water top. You can literally stretch your legs out put your hands behind your head. You could uh, read a newspaper if you wanted to, and many pictures have been taken of people sitting in the Dead Sea over their head with water and just be lying out on the water reading a newspaper. It's fascinating, but the Bible says that's going to stop because this water is going to be so pure, there's going to be such a volume of it that it's going to heal the waters of the Dead Sea to where things will grow around it, life will bend, and everywhere this water flows out from under this temple it's going to be healing so much so that even the dead sea is going to be healed. Now you will hear if you're in Israel that This evaporation rate has great concern for the Israelis, and so they have already designed projects to bring water from the Red Sea, which is where probably most of you have never been around a lot, called Etzion Geber in the scriptures, but it is far, far to the south, and there would have to be a huge canal that would be dug to connect them, to bring water into the Dead Sea. It would have to be pumped in. It would be a major project like nothing Israel has ever done, or to pipe it in from the Mediterranean, which would be a great amount of tunneling, or it would have to be piped over the ridge. It would just be an astronomical cost to do that, because they're afraid it's going to dry up because of the rapid rate of evaporation. But the fact is, the Bible says it's not going to dry up. And even though you see it drying up year by year, there are still something like from the water's surface today, something like fifteen to 1,700 feet of water below that in its deepest point. As a matter of fact, that Syrian-African rift is the greatest, deepest crack in the earth. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is, is because man frets and worries about all the things and, and tries to keep everything in his control. God says exactly what he means, means what he says, and the Dead Sea's not going to dry up because he's going to supernaturally fill it with Fresh water, so much so, and of such a high, pure quality that fish will live in the Dead Sea. And uh, you and I will see this. We will be able to see this because we will be with the Lord during that time. And whatever he sees, we're going to be able to see and uh, will participate in being his servants here on earth, uh, just like his angels are now. Now, we're not going to be like angels. They are a different created uh, being. But the Bible says we are going to rule and reign with him. And we will have glorified bodies where we can appear or disappear. Angels have to take on bodily appearance, but we will actually have bodies like the Lord Jesus that can walk through solid material and appear just like he did when the disciples had all the doors and windows barred and locked. Jesus just appeared and then he disappeared like he did at Emmaus with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. All to say, what is in store for us Our little minds cannot get a hold of. But now think about it. Not talking about heaven, but talking about life here on earth. On earth. That's the context of when the Apostle Paul said, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the wildest imagination of man, the wonderful things that God has prepared for us. I hope this is an encouragement to you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp.